0: Uh, Welcome back to uh, another one of our world building bonus episodes. Uh, Been a little bit of of time since we've done one of these. Uh, I'm joined today by Eden. Hello, hello. And we are going to be taking a look today at some of the uh, other countries surrounding our sort of main setting of Valana. Um, I've recently expanded our world map to sort of show a bit of a wider view of the continent that we're on. So we've definitely got a bit more room now to kind of give um give some extra sort of fleshing out of these uh these sort of neighboring nations um and so i figured what we'd do today would just sort of keep it fairly vague because most of them are just blobs of land masses on a map at the moment just give a little bit of a flavor um sort of a taster of the flavor of each of them maybe sort of so we've got a vague idea of what's going on in the in the surrounding area um yeah
1: that, that's indeed pretty much the thought um Let's get cracking, shall we? Shall yeah, we yeah. Let's point at a Particular location? Have you got one that you want to start? Off? Well, I thought
0: I'd, as it's been a little while since we've done a, a world building one as well. I will just remind everybody that you can find all of our maps and things on our World Anvil page um, at. Oh, that's a that's a longer URL than I thought it was going to be. I will link it on our Twitter.
1: Um, so say it that way. Uh, I think but, if you Google search for Valana, V-A-L-L-A-N-N-A, you should be able to find it. That should come up. Let's just let's hang on. I'll just, let's just put that to the test. Helps work. I, I spell it right. I that works. I've, I've tried it before. If memory serves, uh, well, there's a lot of wine companies called that. <laughs> okay. All right. Volana pretending with dice. If you search Google for that hundred percent, you'll find it. Oh, I would hope so. Right. You know, surely, surely. Yes, there like, we go. Uh, well, because, like, surely my Google
0: foo is good enough to yeah, <laughs> get yeah, the correct it, search for that. You can get it through Google, <laughs> but I will link it on our Twitter anyway. Um, so, uh, yeah, so like I say, you can find all our stuff on our World Anvil page. There's, a, there's all of the maps that we'll be talking about, as well as a whole bunch of articles and things about our uh, custom setting on there. So, uh, yeah, check it out. Um, so, yeah, as you're saying, sort of pick a starting point. <laughs> um, well, we've talked a little bit before, um, again, kind of vaguely, about uh, Kingdom of Ashala, which is like the neighbour to the immediate west of uh of Valana um mm-hmm. and this is the one that I've kind of got the most detail of already in that I've sort of peppered it with a bunch of actual named settlements instead of just random dots on the map <laughs> um but in, in my head I had this as basically being if if Valana is kind of like a, a sort of mishmash of the UK and Germany sort of cultural style um Ashala is 100% just France
1: I, I could see a little bit from the uh the location names there was something coming <laughs> out about it, the, the tone of them all though. i was like this has got a french overtone but that's no bad thing yeah it's uh
0: it's it's pretty much it's it's just france
1: <laughs> um so what era are we talking about though because there's there's a few different times i suppose yeah to point to is it, are we to- talking about like pre-revolution so there's like aristocracy and that kind of stuff or yeah, is it like there, a there post- is revolution a, um, where there's the culture and what have you but There is a queen, so there's a a queen and a
0: full aristocracy. I guess rather than not just France, I suppose it's more kind of leaning a little bit towards
1: the vibe of um, Orlais in the Dragon Age games. Hmm. Um, I I can see it as being like a a lot of the time in fantasy, you end up with a kind of mishmash of it's mostly just European nobility hmm. uh, because they ultimately were like moving between countries and what have you. And they're all kind of, incestuously related to each other in many instances (laughs) there was kind of a a european culture of sorts i suppose during the 1600s in particular that i think perhaps that to me at least that's where i see a lot of fantasy stuff being drawn from is there's that feeling of like yes there's um upper class nobility there's there's knights with orders as it were that kind of stuff is going on for sure
0: yeah that's definitely a kind of the vibe i'm sort of getting from from ashala really it's sort of um I so said it's a lot of courtly intrigue and that and a lot of uh, like you say, knights and sort of barons and they, well, I guess but whatever the French word for barons <laughs> is, but they they have got their own little um little sort of fiefdoms and such, which I guess more than uh, in Valana, they um it, it's more of there's more of a kind of sort of vibe of like, okay, we all kind of pay homage to the queen, in, uh, the queen of Ashala, but we're all a little bit more concerned with our own deal, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas in my head, volana has got a, but there's a little bit of that. You know, we, we've talked before about some, you know, selfish um, barons and things. I think when we were talking about the guy in Riffview and such, um, mm-hmm. but by and large, it's a bit more of a cohesive country. Whereas Ashala, maybe there's, you know, they're all quite, this is going to sound like I'm just knocking the French. Uh, <laughs> but like no, the vibe of like the the local lords are a little bit more sort of like, yeah, you know, they'll go to court and like, you know, sort of pay their dues and things, but they, they are sort of little kind of lords of their own little bits mm-hmm. who are nominally part of Charlotte, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. I could, I could see it as being like, these are the t- sorts of leaders that recognize that they're stronger together, but, there's only so far they want that to go. They still want to have their little slice mm. and they will bend so far for the crown. Yes. But the fact is that if perhaps if the crown of uh, turned and the royal family turned around to the lords and ladies of the land and were like, okay, we want to take X amount of money and goods and we're going to take your people to raid, wage a war – they might immediately face a division at that point Mm, and have it where it's like, yeah, you'll have some parts. There's some regions that are completely dedicated to the crown and that's your stronghold. But then maybe two thirds of everybody else are kind of umming and ahhing and dragging their feet about helping, which could in a situation where like, if the, if the nation was under threat, they might have a a little bit of a harder time getting united in the first place.
0: Yeah, totally. I mean, um, I kind of had it, a thought that
1: like, like you say, there's there's quite a few
0: that they're not sure that in the times of the worst amount of crisis they can count on. Um, hmm. But, like, who maybe might be a little bit more concerned with, like, old grudges with the neighbouring lord than whatever, you know, is threatening the country hundreds of miles away, if that makes sense. So they're not willing to put aside petty squabbles and stuff
1: quite so much. You'll have to forgive me if I mispronounce this entirely. Capital city of Eternity... Uh well or eternity. Et, 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 oh, that's a very good question. I did put an accent
0: on the E at the end, so I was kind of thinking eternity, But yeah. look, I'm, it's I'm all changing.
1: <laughs> I'm just looking at a positioning wise and what we were just saying there about like you've pro- perhaps got a few lords and ladies that are not going to be the ones that immediately fall in line. I can't help but think that it would be the people out towards the border in locations like um Caviel or um Etmont where perhaps these are locations that are close enough to the border that they've had regular cultural interactions with the neighbors over on the other side. Mm. They recognize the value of the trade. They see that it's not just within their own country that their profits come from. So they would recognize the fact that like, Hey, if you want us to go to war with the neighbors next door, that means an entire upheaval for the way of life around there. So those would be the settlements where perhaps you'd have those lords and ladies that would turn around. And when they're summoned to court and told, Hey, Pull up arms and get ready for a fight. They might kind of go. Um, do you do you recognise that we kind of need those guys on the other side of the border? Yeah, and, like a, a call to arms, arms.
0: A call to arms might go out, um, and there would be a much stronger response from those who who, who aren't day to day interacting with, with the people who they're fighting against. And like, there might be con- some conspicuous absences when the armies are uh, marshalled and such
1: that's um, it and i can't help but imagine it's the kind of thing where you'd have an intrigue of sorts where i mean there's enough settlements along that border where any if they would start a fight with anybody it'd be the kind of situation where you'd have to have perhaps a contingency of loyalists traveling along that border going from town to town kind of making sure that everything's in line and because it's the kind of thing where i, I would imagine that hey one wanted to of those lords of ladies would turn around and probably just go like hey, we'd actually rather be on the other side of the border when this fight finishes, so uh, we'll actually help the enemy <laughs> yeah. And help help the border shift so that we end up on the side where we'll profit more. Or where uh,
0: we agree with the cultural side of things or whatever. Maybe we don't report quite so diligently on um, enemy troop movements and such. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I also had the, the thought that, like, it, with it being more kind of a lot of small kind of lords in charge of their own bits, rather than there being like um, it'd be quite a decentralized military force. Like each place has their own sort of troops, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. That's Um, why, that's why I think that's immediately where my mind was going with that sense of like, perhaps a Royal guard or a contingency from the capital would have to be there as sort of like, they, they would have to go from place to place with their limited numbers, but perhaps better training hmm. and roll up and kind of be like, look, remember that you're under our flag and yeah. <laughs> we're the guys that will roll up. If you actually try and fight us. And here's a reminder of what we're capable of. Yeah. One of our men will take 20 of yours. So fall in line. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I, I like, I like the vibe of that. Um, the other thing I think mainly to say about Ashala is that there is the kind of geographical division where the uh, nation is kind of almost split in the middle by the uh, western end of the Icebine mountains. Um mm-hmm. so I kind of thought that maybe there would be a kind of a sort of vibe of like there's the southern group who are maybe even less sort of not loyal cuz they you know they still consider themselves part of a charlotte and like there's probably some that are you know very loyal but there is very much like maybe they're the neglected southern southern regions if that makes sense when it comes to attention from the capital
1: yeah it would strike me as the kind of thing where like in historical terms perhaps you would have like a vassalized state or something or at least historically that's what it might have been and perhaps in order to sort of shore up a little bit of um political strength you would marry off a member of the Royal family to somebody down there, somebody that's a little bit down the chain. They'll never actually get to the throne, but it's a show of faith that like, Hey, look, you Southern Southern are part of the fucking royalty. Yeah. We've got one <laughs> of our family members down there married to one of yours. That's the proof, right? Totally. Yeah. I mean,
0: that, that, as I said, I mean, I, I get the feeling there'd be a lot of courtly intrigue and that.
1: Mm, <laughs> um, yeah. Politicking left, right and center and a lot of backstabbing and kind yeah. of, yeah. Trying to find an angle to get further up the chain. Mm, a lot of like a lot of lips a lot of lip service not a lot being actually said yeah and as a result and again this just feeds back into that level of instability where it's sort of like push comes to shove and the entire country's under threat and they all recognize it yeah they'll all actually fight together but it's going to take actually being pushed right to the limit before they do that because everybody around them is a kind of a little finger from Game of Thrones type thinker, where it's like I'm just waiting for the pieces on the board to be in the right position, and boom, I'm going to move them in my checkmate move. Yeah, and even maybe everybody's not- trying to move their checkmate, and they've all got <laughs> one piece. They're kind of fighting themselves. It's not. It's yeah. not going to happen.
0: And maybe not. I would think that probably most of the time it wouldn't even be so big as to be like when I make my move, I will be king or I will be queen. Mm-hmm. It might even just be like I will. You know, I would totally not have any qualms about using the dirtiest of dirty tactics and politicking and such just to get one up on the Nate, you know, the guy who owns the, uh, the castle 15 miles away,
1: you know, just, yeah, in, you know, yeah. Um, that local politicking, yeah. It, it, I mean, you'd have those levels of it where at the very bottom level you've got the kind of the new aspiring warlord, as it were, or the, the lord of the land that's kind of like, yeah, he's worried about his next-door neighbour. And maybe you've got some older guys that have, or older women that have gone up the chain a little bit. They've had a few of those conflicts. They've gained some prestige. They've gained a little bit of land around their original settlement or whatever. And then they start getting those kind of like, okay, so I'm I'm going up in the world. Maybe I can start looking towards the throne and in those crisis times you perhaps only have like a small handful of them but it would still be that thing of like that, that handful are all at odds with each other they're, mm. they're, and beneath them are the next level of people trying to come up so it's sort of like on all sides you've got like people trying it's it's the almost the crab bucket analogy of sort of well, yeah. the crab trying to climb out <laughs> of the bucket everyone, everyone underneath them is trying to pull them back down and ultimately if the guy that owns the bucket sees the crab trying to climb out he'll knock it straight back in as well so good luck getting out of the bucket,
0: <laughs> I also can't help but think of that um, Simpsons bit where Mr. Burns goes to the doctor and he's got so many diseases that none of them are really getting <laughs> they're yeah. all stuck in the door together, you know, so. There's like a weird up...
1: equilibrium going on where yeah, it's like, exactly. yeah, everything's fighting everything. And as such, nothing else can get in here to have a fight and win because this, yeah. this battle is raging so wildly. <laughs> but it yeah. would be the kind of thing where it's like what we're talking about is it's not like, on the surface type stuff. It would be, as said, a lot of politicking and a lot of snide remarks and trade deals that are half honoured by one party and the other party is trying to take, I don't know, take a bit of the off the top, as it were, without being noticed. Constant issues like that. I can't,
0: uh, the other thing as well is (laughs) this is just being us being like, okay, which parts of French history can we adapt to this? But I also can't help but feel like maybe it's one of those things where um, there's maybe a bit more of a class division, or at least noticeable class division,
1: um, in Ashala than there is in Valana, if that makes mm. sense. Yeah, um, Valana seems like a fairly kind of like it's not necessarily run by the proletariat, but it's it's a workers. Oh no, there's definitely nobility and, and stuff, but
0: there's there's an there's you know it's you're not likely to get stabbed to death by the uh, the barons' guards for you know saying something wrong, if that makes sense. At least yeah, in most places. Whereas- But
1: perhaps um, Ashala could have a certain bit of um, 16th century Italy about it, braggadocio and the, the, I bite my thumb at you comes to mind. Is that that kind of thing of like, you could have an offence to a man's honour in the kingdom of Ashala where perhaps... And that that would be used as an excuse more than anything else, because that's really historically what those things were was just excuses for thuggish people to be thuggish people. Yeah, um, and, but that, that within the rule of law could be
0: fine. But I was thinking actually more in terms of like the interactions with like the the between the peasantry and the nobles, um, mm-hmm. rather than you know between nobles when it came to that. I, I meant to sort of like oh, but
1: I, 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 you can still apply that though insofar as like if the the peasant that's supposed to be working the vineyard does not bow his head as he goes past that's an affront to the noble Mm. and he can take him to task and that that's that will be part of the class structure because if the nobles have already got it where they can't affront each other oh good god if a slave affronts somebody then they are in for it yeah yeah they're truly there to be made an example of
0: so maybe spinning on two three hundred years in the future from our current setting there might be some kind of revolution brewing (laughs) at some point um not yet yeah, though yeah. <laughs> not not just yet though <laughs> i don't want to, have to put a lot of work into coming up with like a royal family and royal politics and everything and then just oh, we run wow. one campaign set in a, in ashala and all of a sudden they're bringing out the guillotines you know ashalans <laughs> <laughs> of the world unite and all that um but uh, <laughs> I kind of yeah, like I say, I'll, I'll, uh, this is very much turned into like okay, so this is the French analog and such. But um, yeah, I kind it of like happens, that sort of it vibe all
1: the time to it. Humanity, as well as I'm concerned, Every, everything requires a basis in humanity, and what better basis have we got than history?
0: Yeah, I, I think one it, of
1: those things where it's not like the value of media comes through to me at least in this thing of like, well, we can capture human nature without actually directly pointing at historical. Mm. events but we do have to capture the truth of the cause and effect of things and the, in that yeah it's it's easiest to look at history and be like well you can see certain dynamics at play and how that then played out i guess how, how it's these things spin out the ideas the foundational thoughts of certain eras are then put into society and you see the behaviors of people adjusted by that
0: yeah yeah i think as well just in terms of in kind of, kind of terms of our setting here i think it's a it's it's I can't see it being like out of, you know, it it makes sense that there's a peace between Ashara and Valana, you know, they've maybe had some disagreements in the past, uh, but like by and large, they kind of get on, especially because of the close border. There's a lot of trade over the border. There's quite a few settlements sort of along the border and that. So it's not in anyone's interest at the moment to start a big fight. Um, Yeah. But there's enough of a sort of cultural difference between the two nations to have it be that sort of like, okay, There's very much like a different vibe between the two of them, you know, as I say, especially from the Mm -hmm. the point of view of the sort of regular man on the street, you know.
1: Well, what we were talking about already, that fact, that idea of um, if they had to go to war, perhaps that's already happened. Perhaps there was a point during the past where both kingdoms had decided that, hey, enough is enough. It's time for a fight. Mm. They've had this experience of like it didn't benefit either of them to do it. It, it really was better for them to just keep working together. And now they've just gotten to this kind of like, Hey, we just, we're not going to fight you. You're not going to fight us. We're not going to try and change <laughs> each other's cultures. So we'll just sit on our, each side of our borders and that's best for us. Right. Well,
0: we can tie this right? actually into the, um, the established kind of events that, you know, as, as few and far between as they actually are <laughs> in our setting so far, I've kind of already had it written that they were allies in the demon war, you know, so perhaps before Ooh, that, you know, they were kind of yeah. forced together in that sort of conflict and kind of came together and even, you know, were part of the big final battle together and everything as
1: nations. Yeah, so that's a perhaps- perfect reason for them to recognize. The, the fact is, is like we're all in it together. Hmm. Perhaps you have it where they felt at some point that their cultural divide was so strong that that's, yeah, that's why they had their fight. Demon war starts kicking off and they recognize, look, greater threat here, we're going to have to start fighting together. Yeah through their act of fighting together and their strongest of strongmen, kind of realizing through experience that, Hey, we're not actually that different. You guys eat this, we eat that. But at the end of the day, we're both killing demons, right? There's a bit more of a mutual respect now because of that, you know, just on a, on a kind of
0: larger level. So there's mm. less border skirt, you know, since the demon war, there haven't really been any major kind of fights between the two nations. Maybe before that, it was a case of like every five to 10 years, there was, you know, it was kicking off a certain amount, you know, In in varying scales, you know. Yeah,
1: so somebody somewhere along the border gets their knickers in a twist and decides that, hey, for the the honour of our kingdom, we're now going to kick off a fight. Yeah, yeah, we're going to march. Even if it's just as
0: much as, like, one person, you know, one little barony on the border decided I've had enough of those scheming Valanans over the border. We're going to, I'm going to take 500 of my men and we're going to invade Hogtrotter.
1: You know, <laughs> mm. it does strike me as maybe a Charlotte would be given what we've been saying. Like they'd be the aggressors a lot of the time on that front. They'd be the ones taking offense at things, deciding that it, well, this is an affront to our society. No, this will not stand. And even if the crown is telling me not to start a fight, I will cross that border and I mm. will start a fight because it's my honor at stake that that kind of thinking would cause constant issues until yeah, are saying if they end up fighting alongside each other they recognise like hey if we can learn to respect each other we're going to be better off all around.
0: I, I, I can't help but feel the, the genuine like um, parallels between world wars and the European Union when talking about this um, like demon war, world war 2 and then suddenly 75 years of peace sort of thing but hey it,
1: it works as an analogy Sort of thing, it, it, yeah. It's, it's a classic. I mean, that that notion of the greater threat combining peoples and, and mm. getting people to like push aside their conflicts—that's very popular subject matter. I mean, it's it's the core of Watchmen. Ultimately, that's that's what that story is all about. There, I mm. can think of For sure numerous bits of media where that's the idea. Yeah, and I think it, again, it, it just weighs it, it plays into that thing of like you've just got to have inherent human truth, and that's kind of an inherent human truth is the the ebb and flow of these relationships, the way that we react to it. Yeah, like we all had and to of fight course two generations that like you can have a big fight because some grandkid hasn't learned the past properly and <laughs> has got some idea about oh, the yeah, war yeah, yeah. or something. That's
0: definitely going to happen. I mean, I, I think I'm going to adjust at some point some of the, the... I mean, we already haven't got all the settlements in there, um, but it, I've kind of noticed I've already got on, one, on the Valana side of the border uh, a settlement called two, which is very much written in... That's kind of the sort of got a French sort of vibe to it. So there maybe was a bit of border movement going on here and there. Mm. Um That would take a little bit of a deeper thought. I think I need to kind of go in and maybe plot out like when the big, because I, w- I would assume there, there was, we we could probably say there was probably a big war at some point between the two, not just little border skirmishes.
1: Um Yeah. Yeah. The kind of thing where it was perhaps border skirmishes building up to the point where they have a big war and then Partway through this war, for however long it's going on, that's when the demon war kicks in, and, yeah, they have a short, sharp shock of sorts. Perhaps you could have it where, I mean, it depends on, <laughs> perhaps you don't, you wouldn't want this necessarily, but my mind goes to something where it would be like, okay, you've got like a major battle occurring between uh, Valana and Ashala, and wherever they are, it's close enough to the demon war that some sort of demon influence or the demons just end up in the fight with them And they only realize partway through the battle that they're not just fighting each other and that they're kind of being slowly taken by the demons. And as they see each other fall, the humans recognize a a joint enemy. And during that battle, perhaps it could have been that you had some leadership, some major generals witnessing this happening and recognizing like, as soon as those demons rolled up, we all started dying. That's that's an interesting,
0: I I was thinking maybe that the big war between the two countries was kind of was, sort of over and done with, like, well before. So we Mm. were still kind of in the age of, like, border skirmishes. But it could be that, yeah, like you say, there was something of a skirmish going on. Maybe perhaps one or the other. but It could be either Falana or Ashala. The generals had been under the influence of the demons or something. Mm. To even kind of sort of put that little um, sort of wedge in there of, like, you know, there already was something worse going on with the demon war. But because, you know, whether it was due to like a cult of the demon worshippers or whatever, but they had some kind of hand in kicking off this sort of little, you know, well, maybe not even little, but this sort of side skirmish type thing, which ended in, you know, like, as you say, maybe the demon, it was a bit of a tactical mistake, the actual demons themselves revealing themselves, thinking like, right, we've got all these people in one spot fighting each other. We can take out a good portion of the, you know, the humans, as it is, and that went the wrong mm-hmm. way for them because that they, you know, the humans all, re- or oh, it's not just humans, but you know, what I mean, kind of realized. Wait, hold on, who are these? <laughs> who are these demons? You know, we should be fighting them sort of like together. So maybe that yeah, backfired yeah. on them. Sort of thing. We're trying. I, I to...
1: like that idea of um influence of some sort. I mean, I, in terms of the reason for the demon war occurring, ultimately, is it fair to say that like demons just don't like the the, the humanoid races? Let's say it's hard to think of the blanket term for yeah. I have the, actually the, the um, demons as it were, but the the elves, the dwarves, all the rest.
0: I have actually got a fair amount of um a fair amount of backstory for the demon war written, but there is uh, it's actually in there as an article as well. Um I won't dictate it to, you now or anything, um, yeah. I mean, the, basically the, the war was supposed to have happened because, um, a, a sort of arch demon managed to sort of force his way through from one of the lower planes through the kind of the inept, naive, uh, actions of an untrained magic user. Uh, that's,
1: that's, that really works then because I was, I was thinking in terms of like, okay, so. This demon, his agenda is to, well, he ultimately is going to try and kill a lot of people and so um, ferment, uh, sorry, ferment um, arguments and what have you between mm. people. So you, what you were saying about like, you could have a cult that is following his orders to some extent. Oh, yeah, no, definitely. Within, I mean, I've got, I've got all this each kind of... side, you could have an element of that where, with this war we're talking about, you, you would have had potentially a general or two on each side is under the influence in some way, shape, or form and has been convinced that um, in some way undermining the other generals around them on their side, that would help them. Mm. You could have it where both sides in some way, shape, or form recognise that there is a plot within their ranks. They initially point the finger at each other, but then something comes to light where both sides find out that this cult is effectively in both of their camps and that the cult is the true enemy. And in recognizing this, they can then actually weed out the bad actors and then point and go, right, we've been fooled. We shouldn't have been fighting each other in the first place this is silly. Let's combine forces again. It's Mm. all all of these things I think can exist at the same time. It's sort of like it's, it's plotting out the sequence of events. I mean, obviously we're talking in very nebulous terms and it doesn't have to be hammered down right now, but it is that thing of like (laughs) the the sequence of events of like trust, loss of trust, the gaining of information in order to sort of gain a clearer picture of what's actually happening. And then the reunion, you, sorry, the reunification of those disparate nations to fight the great enemy. Yeah. I like it as a general. Yeah. I mean,
0: I've already kind of, yeah. I, mean, I, I can always go back and adjust what I've already written. Um, but I've already kind of got it that like this, as I say, this demon kind of forced his way through and began to attract followers, you know, of mortal followers. Um, mm. Because the more they worshipped, the easier it was for him to bring other demons through to fight. Uh, but i've already kind of got it written that as the cult grew it kind of like it didn't really have any you know it didn't stick to just just velana it kind of spread among the cities and towns and stuff in secret and they it's sort of attracted individuals of power mm. um we can always i mean it, it makes sense really that they would as we said have some kind of way to sort of influence as well so maybe even the the commanders themselves weren't in weren't under the direct control but maybe the second in command who who had been promised like look you'll be in charge if you know you'll be safe during this Hmm. just get your boss to take your men there and and stuff like you know There's little subtle influences here and
1: there yeah. Yeah. I am I was thinking in terms of like maybe, maybe one or two at the highest levels on mm. a, on each side where it's the kind of thing where it's like a high ranking general can give an order and say, these troops go here now. And if anybody turns around and goes, why? They say, I don't need to tell you that. I know why. I'm the general. You yeah, do it.
0: need to know. basis." that's the
1: kind of um, position of power that just allows that kind of influence to become corrupted mm. and... Lack of accountability is ultimately the thing that will drive that kind of stuff so yeah yeah, yeah. I'm, i'll link like- you i'll link you to the demon
0: war article that i've written already at some point um because you can take a look that's not really what we're doing today but yeah <laughs> but yes uh, to to bring it back then i, li- I like the idea that there's sort of that the demon war was kind of a little bit of a once it was over a bit of a sort of peacemaking event between the two nations really
1: Mm-hmm. It's. Um... I could see that at that point maybe they'd have a, a brief period of like cultural exchange festivals and stuff before slowly but surely they kind of get bored of actually doing mm. other people's cultural stuff <laughs> and they just return to trading again and yeah, occasionally it sort of maybe to a normal. handful of people go to each other's villages and remember what they used to do in their, that one good summer when the fight was over yeah but yeah beyond that they would sort of fade back away and go back to normalcy
0: because I mean humanity being humanity I'm sure there was a fair share of um you know in the the wake and even during the war there's a fair share of genetic material swap between the two nations Um, oh yeah (laughs) uh we'll we'll leave it at that i think (laughs) that but yeah it's um i I like that kind of vibe there that it's sort of they're they they sort of once maybe a little bit at each other's throats but because of this um horrific event they're now sort of Maybe not in an alliance still, you know, but they're sort of declared as in civilization terms. <laughs> they're mm. declared as friends sort of thing. Like you say, a little bit of a skirmish here and there, but generally nothing on a governmental scale, sort of thing. Um, should we move on and look at because uh, 'cause we've got quite a few uh, quite a few other ones. Obviously none of them as fleshed out as Charla, but um I think mm-hmm. just to take a look at some of the other the one other Smaller uh, um, other nations surrounding. um The one I want to look at first is I kind of had this cool idea. I say cool idea. I totally sort of almost ripped off uh, the Kingdom of Lankray from uh, uh, Discworld. But <laughs> we're all standing on the shoulders of giants. There's yeah, nothing new exactly. in the world. But <laughs> <laughs> I thought it would be fun to kind of have like a quite small nation, just sort of tucked away, kind of. Surrounded by mountains. Uh, so, just south of the Ice Blind Mountains to the uh, east of Ashala is a small uh, country called. Uh, again, all these names can be changed. This is just like what my brain spat out at the time. Um, the Kingdom of Aphalia, which. Again, I probably should Google all these names to make sure they don't mean something awful in some other language. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it turns out it's a brand of spring water. from As we already dis- discovered, there's a lot of wine companies called Volana. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't want this to turn out to be some kind of like um, brony fanfic or something. <laughs> oh, no, it's... Pff, okay, no, we're going to need to... Uh, Definitely gonna need to rename that. Why? What is it? it is, <laughs> what have you found? It seems to be I don't want to click on that because it's all a lot of porn sites. Oh so you've it's... got me needing to Google this yeah. now.
1: This is you you've
0: oh <laughs> <laughs> We'll come up with another name, I
1: think. Um <laughs> Oh, 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 Okay, that's that's an interesting search. Yeah, yeah. Kids, I'm, don't don't look on Google for that one. Don't look on Google for that one. Adults with curiosity, look on Google for that one, and then perhaps not <laughs> click the links. I've, I'm not joining. I'm joining you on that one because I'm not clicking. Adult. It
0: yeah. <laughs> don't look good. For,
1: for full disclosure: these are adult websites, but they're the, of the brand and sort that you would not click on, even if you were looking for such things. Because, yeah, yeah, yeah. They look very dodgy. Yeah,
0: maybe we. Uh, maybe we'll. Uh we'll rename that one but
1: um I, i'll try not to have the the dodginess of that influence my thoughts on what the culture of this place could be
0: <laughs> well based on the uh you know the shadow run
1: game you ran for us i know that's well, definitely yeah, a, a, uh, the, an option i've got a level, level of seediness about me i'll be honest <laughs> I, I can go there but... <laughs> um, we'll
0: do another i'll come up with another name for that and <laughs> we'll call it something else but um basically i had this idea you know it's maybe only 40 50 miles across if that just kind of tucked away in between the big mountain range and like a smaller range and it's kind of I mean as you pointed out we were looking at the map before we started recording it's kind of quite well defended by natural features Mm. so I kind of I I thought it would maybe be a little bit sort of insular in that like they're quite confident that they're not going to come under any attack really that they can't you know fend off and they're only little anyway so who would want to really go for them
1: to their maybe a little bit
0: kind of um maybe a little bit of complacency if that makes sense
1: yeah i could see them being quite a relaxed place it'd be the kind of place culturally where you wouldn't necessarily have a, a need for military buildup at any point. So perhaps it would, could be a little bit more scholarly there mm. or at the very least just not like you wouldn't have conscription necessarily. You'd have people that want to be soldiers yeah. and they're the but ones. It's, get Cause to it's so
0: that. small as well. There's not really, you know, there's not really enough people maybe living there to have like a big standing army or, or anything. There's probably mm. a few forts like, you know, just on like the key, the key points, but, you know, they're they're sort of like I say, maybe confident in their ability to defend themselves, and as a result, everybody else who isn't involved in that is uh, you know, free to kind of pursue other things, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, as we as we were saying, um again just before we were recording, I, I was looking at this and seeing, right, we've got the, the mountains to the north and to the south to some extent. That's the natural protection alongside the river um the rivers, um, border there. Uh, And the settlement to the east, perhaps, that would be quite, by the looks of things, like, very safe, basically. Like, you you just wouldn't really have armies crossing the river to get to them, necessarily. No, no. And as such, that would be perhaps a, a, a I don't know. You would use it as an early warning of sorts that you could have a man ride on a horse if he could see something approaching from the other side of the river. He could jump on a horse, ride to the major settlement to the west, yeah, which which could uh, perhaps be like that. Could be a historical fort or something. That's the defensible position of the region because, as we were saying, like if you look at the lay of the land, you'd kind of have to come from the west to have any chance of striking into that place. Mm. And as a result, that would be the logical place for a historical fort to exist. And that could be like, yeah, this is. We don't have many soldiers here, but we've got huge walls and these parapets where we'll just be pouring boiling oil on you before you can get through. So yeah, I'm thinking, come on down if you want to fight. <laughs> that, that kind thinking, of thing would be the attitude, perhaps.
0: I'm thinking in the west, um, if, you, if you're looking, I, I don't know how zoomed in you are on the map. Um, oh, all the way. <laughs> in, the, um, in the sort of uh, southwest corner where the mountain is, you go up one square, I'm thinking that's where the fort's gonna be, kind of on the border. And that's yeah, kind of a major stronghold. Stronghold. Yeah, yeah. Um and like that the like you say, the main dot in the middle is kind of the capital, which I, I didn't get around to putting the yellow dot in. Um it's an unfinished map, it's always gonna be unfinished. <laughs> um and obviously we're gonna to have to
1: rename it anyway, so <laughs> I really should Google
0: these things before I
1: upload yeah, them. Yeah, no, I'm fascinated now to try and Google these other ones and be like, oh my God, what do these words mean? Oh, yeah, <laughs> you yeah, just put is... four syllables together and suddenly you've got something where yeah, it's like, it... oh wow, I'm in a deep rabbit hole in Google right now. This is weirdness. It's
0: sounding vaguely, um, yeah, <laughs> vaguely fantasy-like. That'll be fine. Okay, apparently Ashala <laughs> is the capital city of the planet Bajor, so I think we're fine there. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> that must have been somewhere in the the, the back uh, of your mind i've
0: watched a lot of deep Space 9 so i I've pulled that from somewhere um uh, <laughs> uh, god okay well, well as we get to each of these we'll google them <laughs> <laughs> but that's fine um but yeah other than that though i haven't really got much of an idea of a vibe for a <laughs> file only that um, i kind
1: of in my head based it on i don't know if you've read much Discworld. Um, oh yeah, yeah. No, the Discworld was a big one for me growing up. I've got a whole bunch of them on my shelf. Oh, good. Okay, well, I kind of had
0: like Lancre in mind for that. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe it's uh, probably a little bit less mountainous than Lancray's in the in the books. If I'd have, you know, I would have moved it up actually to be in the mountain range if that was really, you know. that. But I wanted it to have some fields and things,
1: and you know, it's not, it's, it's yeah, it's, still... it's got to have like the people have to be able to make a life there for there to be settlements. So, yeah, for sure, have yeah, some yeah. arable land. I quite like the idea that because it's quite a, a place that could have culturally been quite insular for a long time, I, again, like it's, it's hard not to be inspired directly, and I'm not thinking that this would be the case in terms of direct character interaction, but the the mood that comes from the French guy in the Monty Python and the Holy Grail, the one that slaps his helmet <laughs> and blows, <laughs> blows raspberries at them and yeah, stuff yeah. like that, yeah. the, the <laughs> attitude for the people living within the kingdom would be kind of like... Yeah, you can come here if you want, but we're not going to indulge your rubbish at all. In fact, (laughs) we're going to make an open mockery of anything that you want to try and come here and talk about. Your culture is nothing to us because, hey, we we aren't changing for anybody. We'll be sat here doing what we're doing for the rest of time, as far as we're concerned. And you guys will have your fights. We'll just sit in the middle of it and we'll go to you when you roll up and ask (laughs) us to join your fight or whatever. Like, they're
0: begrudgingly, they will begrudgingly trade for goods with the neighbors, Hmm. but they're, they're, they never seem to be happy about it. And they, um, they're not very welcoming to visitors, should we say? Hmm. I like the idea
1: that they could be quite sort of like, I don't know, full of themselves. Like that they consider their cultural achievements and the lasting nature of their culture. And this (laughs) all that kind of stuff to be a a massive achievement compared to every other nation. We may be a small nation, but we are ourselves. We will never change that kind of like they're almost extreme patriots of a sort, but in that way where, they don't even know what's going on outside they're just so insular and yeah. so sure of themselves they don't care at all
0: why would they need to know that's happening
1: over there we're fine here in our giant castle yeah. sort of thing We've got land to grow things on we're defended we don't need to go anywhere the end like exactly. that, that, that would breed yeah. that kind of like it's, it's a kind of like aggressive complacency i guess <laughs> that's the kind
0: of the national conscious thought is like why would we want to go anywhere else this is the best place that's, you know that place is wonderful <laughs> look we got a lake we got a road that goes fifty miles. <laughs> what North, what you see you mountains.
1: Want? You look south. You can see a mountains and some fields. We've got everything. <laughs> I have
0: three goats. I'm good to go. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. Well, I'll come up with another name for that that isn't something horrific, and um, yeah, we'll,
1: I will amend the map very quickly. I think. <laughs> I'm morbidly curious to know what that word means and why that's got some adult connotation. I don't want to click on it. Yeah, I I need to see some source that isn't actually those websites. (laughs) I'm going to have to go looking for the definition of the word or something. Do a Google language search to see if it's just a weird translation or something. Maybe, or whether it's a name. Um, Mm hmm Either Either way, let's move on. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, moving. Okay. Okay. So we're moving slightly further to the south, uh, east, um, directly southeast. Now I've called this one, uh, Sarvea, which I'm now going to (laughs) Google. I'm joining you on that. I'm
1: curious. It is a town in Finland. Um, okay. So I think we're probably okay. (laughs) If you put a T on the end of it, it's a village in Iran. Apparently. So that does change the um, change the pronunciation, though. It
0: does. Either way. I, okay. I, I don't,
1: for some reason, Google autocorrected and put a T on the end of mine. So I was like, oh, yeah,
0: fair, fair enough. enough. I guess it's... I think we'll stick with Sarvea for that, because it's not throwing up anything immediately horrific yep. on Google. Um, <laughs> um, Again, in just terms of general vibe here, I was thinking it's basically more like Spain. Um, maybe yes. it's a bit more of a kind of... Um, whereas, like, the the governments in like Ashala and uh, Volana uh, sort of monarchies, Um, this is more of like a sort of, I don't know, uh, what's the word? Theocracy sort of deal. Like the church holds a lot of power here. There might be like a nominal sort of council of, um, you know, high council of the country, but they really just do what the church
1: says Mm -hmm. sort of thing. Um, how far, how far gone are we talking? And what I mean, if we're talking about direct inspiration from, from Spain, how close to Inquisition times are we? Because that's, that's what the most um, crazy interest in intrigue can come in terms of. Like, again, it's another one of those things that a lot of fantasy settings take a massive amount of inspiration from is the the religious inquisitor, the, mm. the fervent believer that is out on their religious quest and will self-flagellate and will proselytize and will go around with a gang of people dispensing quote unquote justice to the non-believers. Well, this is a question, isn't it? Um, how
0: far do we want to take it with this one? Do we want it to be mostly a peaceful land or do we want it to be a place where there's something of <clears> an inquisition <throat> going on? Or is it currently in, you know, because remember we're on like a timeline here. Um, is that maybe something that five, ten years down the road is going to kick off? Is it maybe fermenting is like, you know, It once was a bit more of a kind of open minded, slightly more liberal sort of looking place, but the church is rising in power and give it five, ten years, it will start being a bit more of like a sort of, you know, there's Inquisition people going around burning mm. witches at the state, literal witches, you know, in, <laughs> in this setting. The lay
1: of the land would, yeah, it would lead me to think that you you would perhaps have a little bit more liberal living on the west side of things where life is perhaps more comfortable and you would still have the, the foundations of the religious sect could perhaps come from that region that mm. that's where it started and life over to the east where you can see the the, the like green and lushness is falling away the further east you get. Perhaps that would be where the religion of the, this place could have become harder because yeah. of the necessity of like we have to start enforcing way, ways of life. And historically speaking, religions really served as a kind of social control. Don't eat pork because right now the pork is diseased, and that means we've we've all got a problem. Don't do this, do do that. Follow mm-hmm. these rules because that's what's going to get you through life. And that that would be where an inquisitor's type hardline element could. B- Build up over time that perhaps that settlement into the southeast, um, the the one furthest southeast, yeah, perhaps that could be a stronghold of sorts where a few centuries past, perhaps things were a little bit easier there. The 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 lushness of the land was better, and that you could have an easier life. But over time, things have gotten harder, and that in order to cope with this, the society's gotten stricter. The religious side of things has in turn kind of ramped up its strictness, and it could be getting to a point where now things are starting to overflow into going too far, being too heavy handed. And the, the, a sect that is born out of this one area could kind of explode and take over the slightly weaker liberal side of that religious sect mm. and then spread out towards the West. And then eventually, then eventually a hundred years or something for this influence to spread a couple of generations of inquisitors moving slowly across the country and having their influence felt that Eventually, you could get to this point of like, yeah, that's where the authoritarian surveyor becomes a thing. But in this era, perhaps it could be that the the roots are there in that eastern settlement. Yeah, but it's yeah. not started to spread yet. You could have the it. The western where-
0: side is still a bit more, you know, cu- culturally is a little bit closer to the the other nations we've talked about, like Ashala and Falana, 'cause, because you know, like, as you say, they've got they've got green fields, they've got forests, they've got you know, they've got it
1: quite good. Um, hmm. I, I could see it where you could have a scenario where perhaps you have the, the stronghold for the religion would be somewhere in that more lush area, like I said. And you could have the the head priest of that eastern settlement where life is hard. He travels back to the main capital to see how life is there, to report back to the high lord or whatever, whoever the head yeah. of religious religion is there. And he sees the ease of life and he sees what he considers to be decadence and decides that his voice should be the one leading this place, mm. goes back to his uh, zealots back at his uh, stronghold and says, the religion is falling, we must yeah. take control. And they then have... you would have him kind of sending out groups of people to be like, okay, this settlement, that settlement, and that settlement. There the priest's is in charge in of those, the sort those thing. guys, we must, yeah. they are heretics, we must destroy them, supplant them, and you will take my word to these places and use your might to make right. Mm. And then that would yeah spread out slowly, but surely until, I mean, it would, and we're talking about the span of like perhaps a century or even two, it would get to a point, I would think, where if they maintained power, a group like that would draw the ire of another nation. Mm, for sure. That, I mean, it's, it's a funny one to think that with what we've said about um, the kingdom that will be renamed quite soon, <laughs> as I will refer to it right now. Well, they would maybe <laughs> be
0: an easy, well, not easy, but like they would be a, a natural first target
1: Exactly. And that you would have it where you've got this long established history in that country where the religious police roll up on their doorstep and say, you're heretics. And they go, go away. You can't come in. (laughs) We're not listening to what you're saying. You come here a hundred times and we always listen to your rubbish and shoo you off. But this time the religious guys are like no guys we're not actually leaving this time it's time for a war uh, yeah, and you are then you an could have it of, where that kingdom, yeah. that small kingdom suddenly has to d- race across the northern border to help. try and fight you an ally <laughs> and just be like guys guys you you remember how we've always been like a really strong kind of thing we, we never changed right that's a good thing right you you guys want to save us right
0: R- remember how we did all that banking and financial services work for you um, <laughs> fuck you Switzerland <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Yeah, Uh no, I, yeah, I like it that.
1: Would, it would be very much that idea of, like, at that point, perhaps they would, they would be sniveling and kind of not wanting to admit that they really need help, but really needing some help. Yeah. Because <laughs> these religious guys just will not stop, and there's no amount of talking that will stop them because they believe that there is a god on their side, and there hmm. might even be, for all we know. In this well, there probably is.
0: I mean, we haven't really decided which one there is going to be. I have now got a full Pantheon. Um. I mean, we don't have to decide this now. This is just a
1: sort of vague. Um, oh yeah, I need to. I need to sit and do some reading. You've done a lot more writing than I've. Uh, I've gotten. Yes, yeah, so I kind hard. of have. I've sort of gone a little bit ahead, but um, yeah,
0: I don't know. We'll 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 have a think on that, but um,
1: but I do like that as an idea, though. It's like there, there's a kind of uh, I don't know. A, like a, a critical case, like, religious yeah. fervor that will eventually cause a problem. But <laughs> I,
0: I also like the idea that um, we're kind of they're very closely you know, they're rapidly approaching the kind of powder keg sort of moment. Hmm. You know, it's maybe only a decade away before things start sort of really kind of like a bit of a wave of, you know, the the kind of uh, self self appointed cleansing (laughs) inquisitors or whatever really start exerting their power and declaring the, the Western states need, you know, need their ministrations and such mm. um,
1: it might start out where like you would have the rumbles of rumors of traders traveling down to that settlement yeah. in the southeast and coming back with stories of like oh you when you go to that place you don't take a foot out of line yeah you, maybe you that's, that's the state and of it you pray a- to the people and you do your religious things and you make sure it's seen that you're doing this and then perhaps they come home and they're like oh my god I'm so so glad I'm back in the capital yeah. it's so much more relaxed here like that's and the, it's that th- kind of talk again that would build up that resentment because the same conversation would go back the other way where the traders from the East would perhaps go back home and be like, good God, you should see the way they live over there. It's disgusting. Mm. We, we, we strive and do what we must and follow the rules over here and they're over there flaunting the rules. And that on, on all sides, you've got like the the social side of things, the religious side of things, politics would spin out from there. It's It's that slow building up of resentment where there would mm. almost be sort of two nations yeah. in terms of culture but under one umbrella and a civil war of sorts would br- be bred out of that but yeah so that's yeah. kind of the state of it at the moment is
0: that the rumors are flying like okay if you go there <clears> make sure don't oh, i know you're a follower of this god hide your symbols i know i know that's against your thing mm-hmm. but trust me you don't want the trouble you know uh, that's kind of the state of it now sort of thing so five ten years down the line
1: that's when things are really gonna start uh being a little bit tricky. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. The the day when that, that high Lord or whatever, the the high priest comes home and he's like, right, I've seen the disgusting things they do. I'm drawing a line today. Hmm. That would be the kind of thing where it's like, oh, the trader that's at the gate that day that didn't cover up his symbols, he got killed. And the day before that, there was a guy that they kind of slapped on the wrist and told him, no, but there's just a day where the powder keg explodes and that's Hmm. it. It's the, the line is drawn. And from that point onwards that settlement in the east is kind of like spreading a, a a terrible influence of sorts through that religion
0: yeah yeah okay well i think uh, th- there's a lot i feel like we could do a whole extra episode where we come up with i mean we could probably do a whole extra episode for each of these you know <laughs> nations oh, but yeah. to just to in the in the name of carrying on um let's take a look at their neighbors to the south uh who i've called
1: uh, Sathia, which i'm going to google That's close to a certain adult adult actress's name. (laughs) I'll be real with you. Everything is. (laughs) Uh, A lady with a specialty. I'm sure (laughs) some listener out there knows what I'm talking about. (laughs) Look, look, we all know who you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) hey we're i think this is just i don't know this is rated t for team we're, <laughs> we're not in the everybody realm right right here as far as esrb ratings go. <laughs>
0: um but okay no but uh google isn't spitting out anything um terrible so in fact there's actually a world of warcraft character called that ah. oh that no, that is just somebody's world of warcraft character okay that's fine. Forget. That's fine. <laughs> but no, that, that, that's okay. So we're going to keep that name because yeah, it has a vaguely, and I know you've been playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey. It has a vaguely Greek Greek yeah, vibe to it, <laughs> and this is this was my Greek and <laughs> Greek analog, uh safe here. um So I, in terms of like keeping things rolling along, I had the idea that it's basically a collection of city states sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't have any thought other than that than like, I should put the one here that's kind of vaguely Greek because I've also been playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey. <laughs> um, there's a lot of islands yes, there we can the, put. Uh, I want to steer
1: in. away from being like, yeah, let's make it Greek. Let's, let's come up with something unique about this place then. So there's city-state. Yeah. What can make them... Tw- um. Maybe each one, my mind. Like, uh, what oh, what are the can... configurations of humanity that
0: are possible <laughs> here's, here's, here's an idea then here's an idea um so we, we've got their neighbors to the north uh who are uh, you know on the board you know on the beginnings of like a religious sort of revolution of sorts maybe mm-hmm. each of the city states here is sort of they kind of model themselves after worship of one particular god each or something.
1: Yes, and they perhaps they have their own pantheon compared to the other surrounding nations, and that could be the thing that sort of makes them distinct. Is and and within that you could have specializations. Yes, where if each settlement is particularly kind of devoted to a, a way of life to worship a t- particular god, you could have it where this is the city of learning, this hmm. is the city of agriculture, this, this is, is the, the city, city of,
0: of war, the traders, this is the the warlike. The war, well, not warfare, but warriors—you know that kind of thing. Yeah, Um, yeah. So
1: then you have got you do end up with your Sparta analog and your Athens analog, and but perhaps within that they could be less at each other's necks, as it Mm. were. They simply recognise that, as far as their nation is concerned, that it is the correct and right way to do things. That Mm. each place should be specialised, and that we shouldn't try and like individuals from each of these specialisations will have to travel from location to location, and we will have to work together because there has to be a unity within these things, but by having very focused specializations, they get further as far as they're concerned. They can learn more through that focusing. So the, uh,
0: I'm thinking um, the, the most sort of Northwest city there is maybe mostly gods of trade, gods of agriculture and such, you know, um, trade, good fortune, you know, that, that kind of thing. That's yeah, sort of like I, their I, major things there I, because
1: they're so close to Washala and they're well, in I'm on I'm river. I'm looking at the lay of the land, sorry. And I'm just thinking in terms of that, um, the agriculture, perhaps it could be that where they're connected by the river, you could have it where it would make sense to have the, the farmlands away from the border because you need your mm. bread basket to be protected. So perhaps the, the settlement to the South and perhaps some of those islands there could be, very fertile land and that that riverway up to that Northern settlement, you could have that Southern place. That's the specialized towards like, this is the breadbasket of the nation. Mm. And then you have them travel their goods up that riverway up to the trading settlement. And you can see it's kind of right on the Northern border there. But if you went from that trading settlement and followed the river around to the East, you'd be able to get over to the furthest East Eastern settlement. Yeah. Or one yeah. of the furthest Eastern settlements and then kind of, that that trade network would make sense i suppose yeah
0: um yeah no like i say i just like the idea of like they they, they kind of they've all reached an equilibrium sort of thing mm-hmm. you know each city is like okay this is the city of warriors you know so they there's like big temples to um tempus and uh we've got torm as the god of courage and and stuff like that you know this is you know those who are dedicated to that sort of way of life go here and they, they don't have any problems with the people who decide to be you know into book learning and such you know <laughs> it's just not for them and that's not here sort of
1: thing yeah it it, it would strike me that it's be the kind of place I mean similar to the Greeks and the Romans where the, the gods would be described in terms of having relationships with each other and the, the relationships between the gods would reflect the ways that they the humans can get along with each other that in the in the city of trade perhaps you have a stronghold like there's a farmers guild like there there's mm. there, there is a minor temple to the farming gods because they have a relationship with the trading gods this isn't their place but they have a relationship so there's a reason for there to be a temple there yeah yeah and that could be the place where the the decisions that like these settlements how that how they interact would be in these temples hmm. decisions made by kind of religious organizers of sorts that would liaise with the traders and what have you if, I mean, ultimately, the religious leader, the, the trade gods, religious leader, would be a trader, presumably. The 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 god of wars representative would be the greatest general of the land. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And within that, you have a political structure, but it's framed within the, the, the gods influence. So like the, the, the sort of maybe council of the nation, rather mm. than there being like a
0: king, or maybe there is a king, but maybe the council of the nation is just the high priests of each of the... Sort of once again this is kind of another sort of theocracy type thing but if the nation is, is.
1: such a sort of um kind Ooh, of uh, oh, oh i've got an idea how do you like this right okay, okay. so you've got the idea of these nation states and that at some point they did have their individual beliefs and that that was a cause for contention that the specializations meant that the the, the warlike guys were always trying to get out the scholars and um, the traders were always trying to rip off the farmers that kind of thing was going on, mm. and at some point, a great leader came to came to the front—an Alexander the Great type individual, but not in the sense that he had, like, he was the jack of all trades. This was a ultimate diplomat of sorts. This was somebody that recognized that if we, if each of these nation states within the the grand nation of Scythia, well, maybe his name Scythia, was say, yeah, and and he came, he travelled the land, going from place to place speaking of the relationships between these gods and what they should be. And that in time, his representation or his his kind of the way that the people came to see him could have been the arbiter of another god, a god that they didn't know about yet, that was the unifier, Mm. the one that brought them all together, that was not necessarily the Zeus, not the one that birthed the rest of them, but the god that came in and saw what their brothers and sisters were doing and said, enough, we're brothers and sisters. We are a family and that's what our nation should be. And that that story on a, on a kind of basic worker level uh, allows your soldier to understand why he shouldn't fight the scholar Mm. allows your trader to understand why he shouldn't rip off the merchant because they are together. And it's the people outside the borders that are not under their God's worship and what have you. They are the ones that they should be focusing that kind of aggression towards. And that, that would be a kind of a, an era of unification. I like that it. I and like A new God was crowned at that point after a fashion or they, they represented that this individual, you are something. Or well, unity as a whole
0: sort of, yeah. So he brought the nation. Yeah. I like, I like that idea. Like you say, maybe that, yeah, which is in, a, in then, a sense, kind of what happened sort of with
1: Greece a little bit. Well, that's it. And that's where, why Alexander the great comes to mind. But I think removing the militaristic aspect makes Mm. it more interesting in this way of like the power of his words was such that everybody around them recognized the value of it. And that there could be a kind of like the, the way that that sector of religion has now come to be part of this area would be that all cities have a temple to that particular God, Mm. because all cities recognize that it is that God that unifies them. He's not above anybody else. He or she is not above anybody else but that is the one that unifies them so it has a place everywhere. Well, and it's... Here's the rub, press, rub as well. That would Maybe. Be like the arbiter of decisions and stuff. That, that group, that sect, as it were, would be, okay, we've got the merchants and the traders having an argument. That sect rolls in to be, hey, we're the peacemakers. We're going to find the middle ground for this. We're going to arbitrate this argument, and we're going to do it in such a way that we're all going to keep stay together at the end of this. No way will we have a fight because we're here to keep the peace. Here's the rub as well. Maybe even though all these other gods are real. Maybe that one is made up. Well, exactly. And then you've got that idea of, I mean, it depends again, within the realms of fantasy and Dungeons & Dragons, how you become a god is a question. And I mean, I've played a lot of games like this. Tyranny is one in particular that comes to mind, and Pillars of Eternity is another one where you have the opportunity by the end of all things to have kind of ascended by virtue of recognizing that taking steps towards certain types of power will ultimately place you into the realms of like godhood that no human could ever touch you again Hmm. once you've done these things and that perhaps it was just a man to begin with but there could be some kind of like a i mean this is up to you to some extent but it could be that the belief breeds an actual creation of something that there's the thing as well but the the power of that idea meant that the actual pantheon of the gods changed to some extent a new a new god truly was born the idea but that's that depends on how you want to manage the way that religion works in this. but there's the
0: elder scroll thing as well about uh talos used to be a man
1: that's it In it, it, i know you've it's been playing a lot of elder uh, stuff you, you but i whole... started
0: playing skyrim again as well
1: so. oh yeah no didn't mind but um <laughs> the, the there's a concept called mantling in uh, the elder scrolls which is literally like the and this is real deep law stuff But whole law can m- copied the behavior of another c- historical figure and in copying that behavior and this is the idea on all of those stories in fact the neverine the dragonborn you don't necessarily you're not necessarily that character at the start of the game and you might never be that character but if you follow the steps you become that character yeah and it's in following the steps that simply by following the process of copying somebody else's behavior you become akin to that person and if you're copying God's behavior then you become a God it's got really deep (laughs) <laughs> well, yeah, yeah no, it's no, sorry, it's, it makes sense. Yeah, sorry, just yeah. trying to lighten
0: the mood. The, but yeah, no, I'm with you on that 100. percent. Yeah, just as a sort of like you say, a unifying figure. Maybe, maybe it was this guy who you know, you know, he he kind of maybe he came up with it as a concept of like, oh no, we need to you know need to give these people something to believe in to bring them together. So he's mm. kind of come up with this fake god, and then in doing so, became the fake god himself. Yeah. to be,
1: be a real God. or um. well, not even necessarily that the, the individual became it, but more that an, an avatar that truly represents the idea and the fervence of belief and the purity of other people's acceptance of that belief would perhaps be the thing that would create that God. The, the, I feel like I, I quite like the representation of gods in fiction to be something of like, each one of them represents a inherent truth of nature. Mm. And the, the inherent truth of the message that this peacemaker had was something that is not apparent on the surface of nature, but that this individual gleaned it. And by gleaning that information, it's sort of like it, it changes the pantheon at that point that the, the, the umbrella of the gods, as it were, has to adjust and recognize the fact that there is space and perhaps this thing always should have been in it. It's part of the nature of things, but mm. now that a human has recognized this on their planet, or or an, now that an individual—I keep saying human, but an elf, an orc, or whatever—a a consciousness has gleaned this, so now it is part of the tapestry of everything. Maybe it's sort of just
0: a concept of like a a deity or whatever of un, just of unity or something mm. of, of or balance. Maybe balance is more well balance
1: and unity. unity. The yeah. the um. Oneness, the wholeness. There, there, there's like in all of these things. When you come to, to use words to describe godlike figures, you have to have lots of sort of like analogies and similes for what they represent, because you can't have like the god of farming. Well, farming's a pretty broad concept, I guess. He's in charge of rain, because that's part of the deal, is he? Like, you get into the complexities of that, where yeah, I, I think that yeah. Keeping it in the realms of balance and order and unification, that these are the things that this deity and this individual's ideas, that he espoused these ideas, the ideas became more powerful, they were spread through the other the consciousness of the people, and through that became part of the fabric of the society and as such part of the fabric of the gods. Hmm. and it's kind of like there, there's steps there's an incremental thing and it's ultimately like it's a messiah figure of sorts it's hard not to think of a jesus type thing where it's sort of like well he would have his disciples that he he gives his strongest ideas to and then they go out and espouse those ideas and it's kind of like there's an echo from his initial kind of like he sounds the gong and then the echo reverberates around him slowly but surely until the whole place is place is resonating with the words the thought
0: yeah yeah i mean I'm kind of thinking uh, like I say I, I, I'm on board with all of this I'm wondering I'm sort of I'm, I'm sort of going back and forth in my head whether having it being kind of like a messiah figure is would be better than a like a, like you say an Alexander the Great type sort of thing mm. unifier I, th- I think there's a lot of um, do we want to have it be because then we've got a couple of very religious nations right next to each other or do we want it to be one that is... You know, this Scythia uh, is... You know, that is mainly... Its main feature is that its cities are kind of dedicated to, you know, gods of different flavours, but it was unified under someone who was not quite as... uh, I don't know. Not, um, not necessarily of the priesthood sort of thing, if that makes sense. Yeah.
1: I, I kind of like the idea that it would be a a great figure that doesn't become a God. It is a human mm. and that his words and the, uh, the way that he gets or got people to kind of actually buy into what he was saying was the fact that he truly lived by it. That when push came to shove, this was an individual who maintained his sort of piety, as I said, after a fashion, he never took power. He never wanted power. He was offered it by people when they recognized that his words meant something. And instead he said, no, you know what you're good at. I know what I'm good at. I will found an Arbiter's Guild of sorts, and that I will serve this new god that I, I feel exists, and that, that it would be... The argument of whether there actually are or aren't deities directly influencing the society, I feel, could be one that's sort of plucked away, because the usefulness of the stories on a human level and the way that they would allow different sectors of society to interact with each other would be the ultimate thing. And that it doesn't matter whether or not he even knows that there's a God or not. Him saying this, perhaps as an individual, it's the kind of thing where uh, within like historical religious thinking, there were religious scientists who had to acknowledge the fact that God existed within their text. But at the same time, we're working in such ways where it's like, deep down they really knew that, that they weren't actually believers Yeah, yeah. To think this of the is they thought they were kind of trying to steer around it and that this would be a factor of like maybe this guy knew that look everybody truly believes all this stuff about the gods and everything and i've got to frame my ideas within what they can actually get on board with so i'll tell them this is the idea of a deity i'll tell them that this is a godly thing that we should all be together and whether he believed it or not was not the point mm. The, the the power of the story was the important part yeah and yeah. he stuck with that and never fell to temptation in terms of like this was an individual that at some point would have been offered wealth and a uh, comfortable life and instead he continued to just go from settlement to settlement making sure that rights were wronged and that different groups were actually starting to get along with each other and rooting out the seeds of dissent to make sure that the nation could actually work together as one unified unified but disparate kind of thing like mm. that that, that thing that I think that we've come up with here is that each city would have a very distinct feeling to it, but then you might walk into one quarter of it and feel like you'd gone to one of the other cities on the other side of the continent because yeah, yeah, where the temple for that place is, and hey, yeah, they, they try and live life a little bit closer to what their hometown is like, but they also recognize they're in this place, so there's a weird mishmash. It's almost... You'd walk into Chinatown after a fashion Yeah, and feel like Okay, so this is like the other side of the country But it's here, and I can see Elements of what's local here But I can also see a hell of a lot of what's over there Yeah, I like that I think
0: it works Um, Obviously there's a lot more we can flesh out with that And again, as with all of these um, We don't have place names We don't have You know We don't have a governing You know, how many characters, if that makes sense at this
1: point um, oh, yeah, and timescale for what we just said, like this isn't necessarily contemporary to anything that's no, 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 no. hold I think we did, like, I think in
0: the case of this, this has been they've been pretty much unified probably for several centuries at this point,
1: yeah, I think that would make sense, and that that would make sense for there to be these established guilds, a very cemented kind of way of life, mm. and ultimately, that thing of having two nations with strong religious ideas right next to each other, in particular, sathia where which would be very united. were a war to come versus surveyor where you might have it where the people in the west that had been living comfortable lives where they've fallen under the thumb of these hardline religious people for maybe a generation or two there's going to be some fermented kind of like resentment towards that that's going to cause problems when the religious police say hey go and fight those people to the south maybe they go Hey guys, to the south, we we don't actually believe what these religious guys say anymore. Can we can we start believing what you think now? Could you guys seem to have it figured out?
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I like that. There's definitely there's there's room there for potential future conflict and everything, and it's uh, it's good. I like it. Um, should we move uh, further east to uh, onus, which indeed um, I think actually is you know, that works out well as onus is something that is one's duty or responsibility. So. I'm thinking this is. I mean, you, you'd you'd said again before we started recording this is quite a hard land, and we had in yes. mind the idea that this is something of a sort of autocratic kind of um, authoritarian sort of society. So I had an I, I kind of had an idea that maybe this was a society of everyone here is a warrior, um, not not necessarily a warrior, but everybody has to know how to fight. Everybody has to. Know how to protect themselves just because of all of basically most of the geography of this nation as is, is defined by its sort of uh being the kind of southern wash of the auric wastes from
1: up north so it yeah, sees that, that a lot break of, in the mountains yeah it, it looks it, it's almost like the break in the mountains has allowed the wind to just slowly drag bits of the wastes down onto owners yeah.
0: so maybe over the course of the last couple of thousand years um like Onus used to be this green, like you could, the the bottom green tip of it is still as the country used to completely be. And just, it's just slowly encroached further South every year. There's a little bit less green. There's a little Mm. bit more weird magic touched kind of dust sort of, you know, hard living sort of hard to eke out a, uh, an existence in that land.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that idea of a, an authoritarian rule where it's kind of like, look, if you are traveling in the desert, there are certain rules to the ways to do it. And all men and women within this society would be trained in such a way where, look, you know, you'll die and you'll possibly kill everybody else if you don't follow these rules. Mm. So if we see anybody falling out of line, like that will be not knocked out of you when you're a kid. Yeah. And, and as a side that makes of- it to adulthood is just in line with the way things are because they have to be. Mm. And as a side effect of this culture
0: um no surveyor is not in any rush to mess with them um hmm. we haven't really got anything so far for Ostalmark to the further east um but they're they just got a reputation maybe you know internationally as like oh it's that worries from owners oh crap they must know what they're doing
1: sort of thing yeah um, yeah, if he if he's left the nation and if, if for some reason there's a mercenary from Onus around, then yeah, worry they're, about they're him. They're because- a sought
0: after sort of, um, you know, that they, the 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 reputation is like, look, he'll get the job done. They're maybe not the most um, I'm trying to think of the word there. People maybe a few words, sort of. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Like i say just the idea of like, it's a hard land to live in and to do so like you say there's a there's a bit of a maybe like a strong man ruler (laughs) or something yeah Um, it would be
1: the kind of place that would have a very limited culture where you'd probably have the kind of like there'd be the apocryphal stories things that set the standard of like you do this you don't do that and they would be very simple moralistic stories that are very simple to understand and never change and that everybody knows the same stories There's no reason for anybody to know anything different because these are the things that will help us that are useful to making a child's mind understand what life is going to be like for them. Mm. And in that, as soon as they get to adulthood, it's almost like not necessarily religious, but like I've met people from far flung cultures that have come to this country and have felt like everything is wrong here. And it's like, well, that's just because you do things the way that you do things over there. And I'd feel the same if I was over there an onus I think would be a place that kind of really breeds a strong version of that where you'd probably have, it's a certain it's similar kind of resentment that the religious police from that Eastern um, area of Surveyor would have where they would go to a slightly more comfortable place and look around them and just sort of turn their nose up at the way that people live and be like, you're, you're all soft. Yeah. You, you would all die where I come from. So you're nothing to me. Oh, and okay. that would be the kind of like, it could be seen as arrogance people from Onus having an arrogance about them where really it's just that it's, it's a necessary culture. It's, of, uh, there, the there's line.
0: probably, there's not a lot of infighting because they don't have the, you know, it's, this is the polar opposite of a There's no politicking at court, you know, any, yeah. any kind of, there's any kind of slight is dealt with, with like an honor duel or something, you know, You have an argument, you would best be ready to die for that argument. Um,
1: It would strike me that the the settlement that's on the river um, that's furthest north, that that place is kind of like, it's a place struggling. You've got the other settlement like in the green pastures to the south that would kind of be like, that's going to have to be the place that makes the food for the rest of them, Mm. or a lot of it. And this place to the north is going to be almost like a a struggling, slowly dying location where everybody is eking out a hard life and there is that sense of like look we can't change and they're ignoring the fact that the world around them is no longer allowing them to kind of do things the way they did perhaps and that that's going to lead to an explosion of anger and upset and that Mm. perhaps at some point Onus's like soldier their their entire populace could decide look we're going to need to take another nation and the southern region of australmark or maybe Salvea at that point could become a target for them in terms of just like our land is dying. It's not our fault. We've tried our hardest. And now, because of our hardships, we're strong enough to take on everybody around us. So mm. make space. That, that, that would be the kind of playing out, I would have thought, in terms of, like the, the, the turn of the historical wheel, I guess. You have this, this point where they're eventually crushed by s- circumstance. And eventually, base human nature rules out. And they go, look, we can fight. They can't. We're gonna to have to go and take stuff off of people that can't fight now. Hmm.
0: I haven't actually uh, really decided uh, with those two islands just south of Onus. I think I'm actually in the map going to end up moving them out a little bit further into the bay because um, hmm. I'm not sure if they should be part of Onus or whether I might move the the left hand of the larger ones a little bit further east, a uh, further west. Sorry, to be maybe and sort of slightly southwest to be more kind of. Part of Sathia,
1: if that makes sense. Uh, I think it would make sense, yeah, because it just in terms of like having fairly large island land masses that, that the populace of Onus could just escape to yeah like why wouldn't they have done this at this point there could be like a, a certain amount of like history in the region that they are clinging onto. it's, it's a sense of like look we, we hold on to this place because this is the birth of our culture mm. and to let go of this would be to it would be the death of Onus or something that that, that would be the rhetoric thrown around yeah yeah
0: um, I haven't really got anything else in mind for Onus at this point I kind of I'm not in a wrapping things up way but we are kind of at the side of the map where it's like okay we've just got some vague concepts
1: here um yeah I don't I don't feel that it needs to be more than that. I just I do like the idea that the the wastes have kind of crept down from the north and that yeah. whatever happened there it's it's not truly over that the world isn't it no, hasn't no. recovered from what that like what's they're going not on, but they're, not actually, range of mountains, they're uh, not actually in the wastes but the
0: the northern half of the country it's like uh, I've been reading a Chernobyl book recently but it's it's kind of like the the sort of Uh, magical corruption and stuff has blown south, if that makes sense. Hmm. So they're not in the zone, they're not in the exclusion zone, but they're right next to it, and the the prevailing winds are poisoning their land sort of thing.
1: Have you ever played um, the Stalker
0: video games? I haven't. They're not actually, yeah, I know they're sort of set in Chernobyl. They're actually based on a book that came out way before Chernobyl happened, though. uh, Roadside Picnic.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, no, I, I've I've done a bit of reading on all of that stuff, and Stalker in particular is one where the the setting for it and that notion of like I I like the idea of magical anomalies hmm. along those lines, where it would be well, that you walk into this area and guess what, time has slowed way down, and you didn't feel it as you walked in, but the second you stepped out of that field, you looked around and it was nighttime, or you walked into a room and you could feel every hair on your body burn off at once, nothing but your hair. But now you're bald and you don't know why it happened. Well, that's a little bit of my... You walked um, into a room where something was going on and you couldn't see what what it was. That's a little
0: bit of my thought about what the wastes are kind of like. It's like this... I mean, we've talked about it before. It's this kind of like... There's this sort of mutating kind of um, unpredictable kind of magical sort of infusion in the land which has killed off all the life and everything mm. from like a giant magical accident or something at some point or another has created the waste that the land used to be, you know, as green as everywhere else. And as, But now it's this kind of like blasted sort of unpredictable shifting sort of landscape that uh, if you spend too long in it, it's going to change you. Yes. And, um yeah it's sort of you never know really what's going to happen in there which is why you know and there, there's these sort of mutated creatures there's stuff that you've never seen before and there's the reason why that uh, during the demon war the archdemon made his um, kind of headquarters that's <laughs> not the right word but you know in Aurichheim in the center of it mm-hmm. um, because I don't know something, something about his demonic nature made him immune to the mutating effects sort of thing That but just this idea of like okay so this is this is not a great place this is nobody wants nobody should live here
1: you know yeah it's kind of like a just a very chaotic location yeah again I'm trying not to rip off the chaos wastes
0: from uh, (laughs) the uh, original uh, old Warhammer old world sort of thing but it's sort of like that to a degree like everything is it's you know it's there's infusion of unpredictable magic. In D and D terms, wild magic throughout the whole mm. area, and Onus being to the south of that, it's kind of is is bearing the brunt of that sort of thing
1: that that again would lead into that idea of like them having very strict rules of behavior and what have you where it's oh, kind of yeah. like if if you're going to be traveling out northward don't drink the water the from the, here you know yeah the further you go north the more likely you are to run into something bizarre mm. or that that would shatter the mind of an unprepared individual and that these in these people of onus have had to steal themselves and Perhaps there there could even be to the point of like if you're going to be travelling to these northern realms, there are mantras and things to repeat to yourself as you're travelling to remind yourself who you are and where you come from, so that you never fall to the influences of the place. That that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I like that. Um,
0: let's move on to Ostalmark. Um, I have no idea of this at all, other than maybe it's, it's literally like an Eastern Valana. Um, yeah. in terms of, like, I've got no settlements on the map other than one dot I accidentally put on there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I th- th- this is one maybe to come back to when I have a larger map, I think.
1: I think this might be a fun one in terms of um, you could have a juxtaposition to Onus to some extent where they aren't as hard line. perhaps because more of the landmass is still all right, The and perhaps you could have, like, the capital of that location far to the south, away from where the, the degradation of the land is occurring. And there's a complacency, perhaps, in Austalmark. There, There's a sense of, oh, yeah, the nature changes. There. The, the, the sand's coming in from the north, but it'll stop eventually. We'll be all right Well, now the here. thing
0: as well with Ostalmark is that uh, I've kind of, I've had, to, I've had to crop my map to hit the file size limit for World Anvil. Um, and even the full map wasn't the full size of what I had. I've actually got a separate smaller map showing more like of global geography um Ostermark mm-hmm. is actually quite a large country most of which is green and yeah so that would play into that, that in it, goes it goes quite goes. a way further to the east and then it also has the eastern coast of the continent on it if that makes sense
1: yeah um, it would strike me that perhaps they're the kind of nation if they're like a bit like Valana, then it's kind of like I don't know, fairly typical kind of agrarian lifestyle. Yeah. I know it's a bit of a cop
0: out because we've already got that, but I mean,
1: no, but I, I think that these things, you can only have so many varieties and it has to, it has to make sense next to each other and the, the land itself has to kind of tell the story of what's possible there. And I do think that you could have it where, you, that complacency that comfortability comes from like yeah we're all still feeding each other like we didn't lose major settlements yeah to the north they've path. got enough they, space
0: they... to the east to still have the comfortable life whereas onus is kind of penned in between them and sarvea and is still getting the the runoff from the waste whereas austral okay they, they've got enough room that they can just ab- all but abandon that bit on their western frontier that is starting to feel the
1: wastes because they got plenty of room they got you know uh, I would think, in terms of the the politicking and what have you between Onus and Ostalmark, you would have it where, because Ostalmark is almost lackadaisical to some extent from uh, Onus's perspective, that would create tension. That Ostalmark would perhaps hold out a hand of friendship and say, "Hey, we'll we'll give you food, where you can come and live on our land if you like." And the people of Onus would be like, "You should be trying to fight back the wastes encroaching on your land." You guys aren't doing enough. You're not helping us. We're fighting a hard fight over here. Mm. We're trying to do what we can, and you guys are just sitting back letting it happen, and that that could be a point of contention that eventually, as we were saying with Onus, where given time for it to get bad enough and for, for them to eventually have to cede and give up on their land, yeah. perhaps often Mark at that point would become the location they set sights on because they go, well historically we don't feel like they did anything when they started they they wasted this
0: land that they had so now we will take it yeah sort of thing yeah Yeah. i like that that's
1: where my mind's going on that again yeah
0: (laughs) again i think austral eventually i'll figure out a way of getting a larger even if it's a case of doing a second map that is
1: you can't zoom in quite as far um oh oh, how's this right so just in terms of like this is a Bit of a timescale thing, but Ostalmark continues to degrade. As Onus gets to the point where it is finally like they're having to just leave the land there, or at least they're having to not have major settlements and perhaps become just roving bands of um sort of like like the traveling caravans of the desert kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. Like living like that. As Ostalmark has gone that way, I can see there's that small landmass that's kind of like very thinly connected and that there's a settlement on it. That, that would perhaps become the last Holdout of Ostalmark, and that when the wastes have crept into those northern areas of Ostalmark a little bit further, the hardened people of Onus can survive in that land. They're ready for that. They can go in and take over with their caravans and still live a life to some extent. And the the remaining culture and the 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 kind of the last part of Ostalmark would become those small islands and that small little bit that's hanging off the bottom of the the uh, the landmass there, Mm. because they'd have almost been forced into it. That Ultimately, they didn't. There was no war, perhaps that there wouldn't be a big fight for owners to take the land mass of Ostalmark, but Ostalmark would kind of just seed by moving away. They they would go as far south, slowly but surely, as they could. As those those complacent, comfortable living people start recognizing life's getting harder, they just go, "Oh well, my brother down in the south still got it comfortable." So everybody goes south at the same time, kind of, and then you've got a major huddling of the masses on a very small part of decent land with no ability to kind of go North or go anywhere after that, that would be a very interesting kind of, uh, I don't know. It's like a crucible of sorts because then you've got a cultural distillation. You've got a lot of people in a very small place forced to do that. You've got a, a a different culture coming in from the North. Again, you've got these kind of, um, expansions of retractions of ideas that I do like
0: that. I think I haven't really made it quite clear how much further East, um, goes, um, I'm just gonna.
1: Obviously, this is not gonna be li- visible to our listeners. Ah, true. Yeah. If there's that, that, if there's that much more of the landmass, perhaps just it gonna, would just be the Western Ostalmark would be the part that's lo- like going through that process to some extent. Yeah.
0: I'm just gonna. Um. Again, this is. I, I know this isn't great for listeners, but I'm just gonna send Eden a uh, a cropped version showing the whole continent. It doesn't have all the textures on it.
1: Um, okay.
0: Yeah. But Ostalmark, basically, if you, that whole bit you can see where the mountains are. You draw mm-hmm. basically a horizontal line across. You got Rivard in the north, and then the whole of that other eastern bit is Ostelmark.
1: Okay, so yeah, perhaps it would just be Western Ostelmark that falls, yeah. and that you would have uh, the border of Ostelmark become divided, where you have like a very that that small bit, that island chain, and the the archipelago that's hanging off the end. That would be like the, the north of that is now onus yeah the, but onus that area of, is of, still of considered jumps. to be Ostelmark and that they rely entirely on naval trade with the the other aspects of uh austral at that point mm,
0: yeah they, they they've been cut off but they um you know they refuse to give in they are the gibraltar of uh
1: <laughs> yeah and I, and I wouldn't set it up as like onus no, wouldn't not. be aggressive <laughs> towards trying to take that part of the land but it would just be that like Nobody from Ostalmark wants to go north into the, the roughed up area anymore. They've no, kind no. of just shrugged and gone. So and arrived, fine. Just taking it. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, they, they recognize that the quality of the land is like Onus's land. It's sort of like the, the way that commoners would talk about it would be like the land itself decided that it was part of Onus. Hmm. And that that's why they decided like, oh, the land told us we weren't welcome anymore. We've gone to the greener pastures of the south. Yeah. They can have the place <laughs> that the world has taken from us yeah well okay the
0: the last one i just want to touch on again this is another one that's been around for a while that we've sort of mentioned before but haven't done much with is uh rivard um again it's not shown on this map because i can't go that far east because of the file size limit but this is another one where it's only the um it is only this western section that's desert because again it's kind Mm -hmm. of the spilling over the wastes and this i had in mind in general, that, uh, let me just find the page, because I had started writing one. Um, the kind of vibe of it is more of a kind of, um, rather than it being a, uh, what's the word, kind of kingdom or theocracy, it was more like a kind of merchant republic sort of thing where it's it's sort of, you know, there's a lot of, kind of free trading and that and a lot of kind of mercenary forces rather than a standing army and that and it's just kind of it takes up a lot of room it's they've Mm -hmm. they've managed to take a lot of a lot of land and that and they um you know they're they're very they're sort of a little bit of an enigma because they're blocked off by the by the the huge lands of the wastes kind of thing um, but they're very kind of sort of shrewd traders and that, and they have a lot of resources at their command. That's basically all I've got in,
1: in mind, really. <laughs> well, I like that in terms of I, I, um, where we'd previously done one of the world building things and we talked about, um, Riftview and the reason for that settlement to exist, that it's on the edge of the wastes, that there are perhaps minerals and things there that you can't get elsewhere. And that as a result, it's not really like a settlement that people live in. It's a place to go and work and earn a living and then get the hell away from and live your life elsewhere. If Mm. you survive it at all, that perhaps this could be like a more codified structured version of that, where it's an entire culture built around that in this area. Yeah. To some extent where you could have it where they are in the wastes to some extent. These are locations that could potentially have resources that are exclusive to them. My mind goes to, and again, it's real world analogy, but uh, the Silk Road and spice trade. That you you can have it where perhaps certain spices only grow in the uh, like. Oh, I'm trying to look. Um, is it a settlement called Awa? Am uh, I saying I, that? Uh, I could could be. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's it's hard to read some of these. Um, I think yeah, no,
0: I think Ava. Uh, I don't know. The, I I was kind of but writing with like vaguely vaguely ancient Egyptian names. For what I did put in a Revard, that was a long time ago. I
1: put those on the map. I don't remember what I had in mind for any of them. Um, but I just see that little area with those rivers and what have you. That that could be like that could be a spice growing region. That there's yeah. there's just enough water that some plant life can thrive. It will be those kinds of things that grow out in deserts, like spices. Hmm. And the, the the roads connecting these locations to get out to Comsa uh, at the north. That that could perhaps be the trading port. Maybe Shasa. Oh, Kuzma, sorry. sorry. It's um, as you said,
0: comes there, and I, I just I don't know if that's
1: in mine. I'm very yeah. sorry, ladies and gents. <laughs> <laughs> or Shasa, either, and whichever either one would have the, uh, or perhaps even both, that they could be operating as major trading hubs, that the the inland areas are kind of like, not necessarily slave-run places, although potentially, given the hardship of life there, but the the anything inland is a service to the merchants that live on the coast that then go and sell the goods mm. so that they can then bring back the necessary things to survive this location. Yeah, and again, there's a large. I mean, because you
0: can sort of see on that that one I I sent you in a private message. Um, there is a large portion of the land there of Rivard that is green. Um, let me just mm. bring up because I'm pretty sure I have an uncropped version of the full map that we're using. Um. It's not going. It's still not going to show the whole thing. I don't think. but uh, It's been a while. <laughs> okay. Oh, that is a bit a bigger. Actually, you can sort of. Uh, let me just find it. Expansion. So I'm just. This
1: isn't not great listening. I do apologise, <laughs> uh, folks. But. <laughs> I'd whistle some sort of intermission tune right now, but I'm probably <laughs> tuneless enough that that would be a torture rather than a uh, entertainment. Okay, I was about to
0: send you this JPEG, but it's forty two megabytes, so forget that. Um, fair enough. But <laughs> yeah, it, it does have um, a, a fair amount of, of Greenland's um, to the east as well. Um, God, I'm so annoyed. I couldn't upload this full map. Basically, uh, it's <laughs> this map is basically a third. A big again to the to the east as the one that's okay. online. Um, I'll, I'll figure out a way of getting that on there,
1: but yeah. Um, well, but in yeah. terms of social structure, then, like if, if there is like a comfortable life to the east, it, I mean, Ed, this is you tell me what you think. I, I'm I'm thinking that perhaps these could be slightly more ethically run locations that they're trying not to have slave labour. They're not running it like it's actually like, mm. so, yeah, like okay, this is this is, like volunteer, like,
0: this is the hard work people go out here because there's a fortune to be made out here
1: yeah it's almost like this is literally the wild west of rivad yeah that you, you you go out there to make your money um mining or or whatever uh, raising spices if you've got the specialization or whatever but that you make your money and perhaps you become part of a, a strong enough merchant or whatever that you make your life there. But that a majority of people would be again, the same as that settlement back in Valana that you would come and go that this is not a place to live, but a place to earn effectively that there's resource here and little else. Yes. Definitely. At least, at least in this part that we can see on the map right now.
0: Um, yeah. Yeah. No, th- I like that idea. And maybe like as a result of
1: the, the sort of the
0: trading the the little bit of trading, you know, because like I say, they've got quite a lot of leverage. They've got a lot of resources that they control. Um, maybe the people to the West in Volana and such have a bit of a skewed view of what they're like. They're not actually sure. Like they think they're sort of a hard living, hard, you know, hard bargaining sort of people. But then to the East, there is like a lot of, there's a lot of sort of yeah. comfortable living yeah, and stuff. It, but it's they're the a kind bit, of thing
1: where like, you, you wouldn't need to, like, if you were living in the comfortable part of Rivad, or even Ostalmark, looking at the map now, because as you said, there's a l- large amount of landmass to the east. If you're living over in that Far East location, there's just no reason to have ever visited or had, like, cause to trade with Valana or any of those other no, places. No. And the, as you say, if, if, if somebody that, one of the traders that sailed from this western part of Ravad ends up in Valana, they might turn up with, like, a very dusty-looking boat and looking a bit like parched and what have mm. you, and and give the impression that yeah, it must be a hard place to live. But yeah, that's that's that part of Ravad. Yeah, yeah. And those are the only people that ever leave the place in terms of getting that far east. Uh, sorry, that far west. So yeah, it would give a weird, weird interpretation of things
0: yeah yeah i think there's a lot to expand on that i think maybe at a later date because we are we've been going for an hour and 40 on this so (laughs) yeah it's come
1: easy i've enjoyed it
0: yeah this is good i think i think we've we 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 will call it there i think on on that for this um that is because we've got a lot a lot to work on there i think we, we um in in (laughs) <laughs> at the very least I've got to come up with a new name for the Kingdom of Aphalia. Um <laughs> so th- <laughs> there's that to be done. Um but yeah, I think I feel like uh, one uh, countries in there as big as Ostermark and Rivard, we may never get there with the actual D and D, but I feel like they're big enough that we can basically probably dedicate a whole world building episode to them at some point in the future if we ever get around to that. Um but yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, so um normally on these world building ones I say pitch me something, but we've done quite a lot of pitching
1: <laughs> today, yeah, I no, think.
0: Yeah.
1: You, <laughs> my brain just went into spasm for a second. It's like, oh, you're going to take the reins off and now be like, go wild, anything you want. It's like, oh, I've been using this map to inform just about everything yeah, that I've that. thought so far. Like, don't don't I worry I like about that <laughs>
0: my, with this one. I, I think like we like yeah. <laughs> um but yeah no so thanks thanks for joining me for this i think um the, the other option we were going to do i will a little bit of a peek behind the curtain here um it was it is currently the world anvil uh summer um summer camp event and last year we did a couple of uh summer camp uh world building episodes i think we are maybe going to probably do one of them in a couple of weeks time um because it'd be good to get back and take a look at some of those prompts because we had fun doing that last time. Uh, I know uh, on the date of recording this, there are, there are a few of them up already on World Anvil, um, but we, we really wanted to just, because uh, I've been kind of for a while kind of itching to take a look at these new countries and stuff. So I think we're going to save those for next time. Um, but yeah, so that that's kind of the plan. I, I, I think, oh, I did kind of put it out on Twitter. I don't think I did it on Facebook. Um, I definitely did it on our Discord server, announced that we're going to be uh, having a little bit of a slightly longer break in between our story episodes at the moment. Um, We've, as listeners will know, uh, recently been sort of putting out some kind of shorter kind of, uh, I don't mind saying it, sort of hastily put together (laughs) sort of one shot um, small stories and um, sort of short storyline kind of things with the UK tentatively relaxing um for for good or worse relaxing um (laughs) some social distancing measures hopefully we're going to be able to crack on and record our next uh D &D story fairly soon which is what we were kind of gearing up to just before they went nope nobody can visit each other (laughs) (laughs) um so uh i've uh, we've kind of made the decision to sort of put off kind of scrambling to put um put out sort of one shots and things um but uh for now we're going to keep doing these bonus episodes they are uh, they're a lot of fun i enjoy doing them i hope uh hope you enjoyed doing them too eden
1: oh um, absolutely as i say like this uh, i i like just the the being able to look at the lay of the land and in particular i find that it, it's really just informed by so much experience looking at fantasy fiction and yeah history yeah. and all the rest of it that like i i look at the tributaries and mountains and things. I'm like, right, what, what could be the events that have happened here? It's a, it's a fascinating process. Hmm. Um, Yeah, Uh, well,
0: we'll we'll be doing a lot more of it, I think, because we put a poll on our Twitter recently, and more than 50% of you said you wanted to hear more uh, world-building stuff. So here we are. I hope you're happy with it.
1: (laughs) Um, I'm fascinated. If anybody's got comments on the thoughts that we've come up with or the the process of the ideas coming out, or if you want to criticise the the fact that we're leaning hard into history, and then I'll argue (laughs) back with you about the fact that everything is based on history anyway, so it's whatever. (laughs) If if you want to have a go at us for our depiction
0: of the French, then... uh go right ahead (laughs) but um no they're not french they're a charlons that's it um it's fine it's fine um but yeah anyway so uh, i think we're going to be back probably uh i think if we stick to our usual two weeks in between episodes two weeks in between bonus episodes thing um we should be back in two weeks with another bonus episode for you so i think probably end up being another um, world building one. We'll take a look at that. Um, world Anvil Summer Camp, some of the uh, the prompts on there. But um, yeah, thanks for, thanks for tuning in, everybody. Um, anything else to add, Eden, before I run through all the uh, the usual <laughs> check us out on Twitter, Twitter stuff, or?
1: Um, well, I'm, I'm not really doing anything particular at the moment. I've, I've not been writing video game reviews for a little while, so I've been a lazy bugger on that front, can't promote anything. Um, I suppose, in broad strokes, if you're feeling bored on a Sunday afternoon at 6 p.m. GMT, um, come onto to the Pretending with Dice Discord server and you'll see links to a thing called Jackbox, which I will be running. Uh, Jackbox games, bunch of silly party games that you can play on your phone and you can literally play along with us like we sit on Discord and chat on a Sunday evening from 6 p.m. So, yeah, if you're bored and you feel like jumping in and having a chat with us, feel free. It's We're a lot we'll of fun. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, silly, silly party game type stuff, making up jokes, drawing silly pictures for T-shirts, and then coming up with slogans for the T-shirts. You can play along on your phone, and all you need is a browser to watch the stuff. So, yeah, anybody can join in. You're all welcome, as yeah. long as you're not going to be a, a bumhead or anything like that. But I don't think we've got <laughs> bumheads in the audience. Actually, no, so. they're, yeah, they're, they're good people. Um, so, yeah,
0: I mean, you already mentioned it you can come and join us on our discord server the link to that is in our twitter bio um you can also which is is, (laughs) i'm i'm bad at hosting things Uh, it's in our twitter bio and our twitter account and our facebook account are both at pretend with dice um because pretending with dice was too long so uh yeah come come find us on there and um yes stay tuned for more very soon Uh, two weeks time should be for the next world building episode. Um, So yeah, thanks for, thanks for tuning in everybody. Uh, We'll see you hopefully very shortly. Bye. Bye.